This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. You bet it is. Live and in color. Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Sportsnet's YouTube channel. Sportsnet Now. iTunes, Spotify. We've got you covered. Everywhere. You can find us anywhere. Yeah, mostly. Almost anywhere. <laughs> we're, we're very available, which is good. He's Justin Bourne. I'm Nick Kiprios. Derek Brandeo, David Sisboomba, who's planning on bankrupting my next rewards app, him and his family, and Sammy McKee. Next two hours, tee up the Toronto Maple Leafs, New York Rangers. I'm going to welcome in a former teammate of mine, Adam Graves, who is currently hockey and business operations with the New York Rangers. Phil Bork in about 44 minutes to... Talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, which I had mentioned one of the worst losses in their franchise history. Yeah. It's got to be up there. Nothing. How do I say this? Something's going to happen. Let's just put it that way. The the Penguins aren't just going to be like, well, get them again next year. Uh, Something's going down in Pittsburgh. All right. And in the second hour, we're going to talk New York Islanders. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Pretty happy about that. I mean, man, it was a limp fest to get through Montreal, but they managed it. They confirmed their spot last night against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Andrew Gross will be around. Yes, sir. We'll, we'll talk to our... him about what that uh, means to not only the community, but maybe even Lou Lamarillo. Yeah, and all the people who are heavily invested in UBS Arena and its associated costs. Fresh off of uh, an appearance at Rogers Center. Yes. Sammy McKee taking in the sights and sounds of what $300 million gets you. Yeah, it gets you a lot down there. I, I mean, you're still shoulder to shoulder in the washrooms, but other than that, it's pretty good. Yeah, it, good, they, good first impression of the uh, new Renos. I, I would say that I uh, really was impressed with how different it is. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was kind of expecting it to be somewhat similar. But just the feel in there. It's a lot more open air, a lot more party-oriented, a lot more people around. Yes. I uh, I was really impressed. Saw Mark Shapiro on the concourse. Uh, he didn't know my name, unfortunately. I said, hi, Mark. He's Should not buy him head. a beer? No, he just was, he was in a... He was moving pretty quick. I don't think he wanted to be seen a whole yeah. lot. So are they um, only halfway through the Renos, or is that... Next year, they're doing the, the, the lower bowl. They're ripping out okay. all the seats, and they're facing them towards home plate, as opposed to them being facing straight out, more concert stuff. So now they're just kind of starting to... The thing that I was blown away by, and I've, you know, I've talked about how much I love the pitch clock, um, my cadence for watching a baseball game live was off. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> Unable to get your hot dog bites in? You, you didn't leave a patio. You didn't leave a bar. No, like, I just, I did. I watched the entire game from my seat. I went, oh, we, we, we got there about 6.15 and then, you know, checked them all out and then got to our seat for it and I watched the entire game from my seat. But... Like usually, you know, you're looking around, you're socializing, you're having a sip of beer, you're grabbing a peanut. They're not really necessarily locked in. But this pitch clock, boy, like you got to be locked in. I was looking away for a second, and the pitcher's already about to deliver to home plate. There are going to be some people that miss some action this year. My, my baseball watching cadence is way off. It's crazy. You know that highlight of the two women talking? Or actually, maybe it's two businessmen. It doesn't matter. But there's someone pulls a foul ball down the line and it goes right between their heads as they're talking. That's great that we can do away with the chit chat. You got to watch the game now. Yeah, like, guess what? Pitch coming, pitch but the, coming, but pitch coming. But there's mashup now, which is yeah, that's helpful. It is 
unbelievable. There was no mesh before. It is truly standard. They were just screaming line drives. Pulling foul balls. <laughs> and, like barreling up 100 mile an hour. <laughs> so Ball. the one thing that I noticed that uh, mm-hmm. when I went to the season opener is the bullpens. They look fantastic. They look fantastic. But the fans are like right on top of the players. And judging by the amount of patios... Someone's going to get beat up. By who? Entertaining. Someone. I'm telling you right now, as if, if I was pitching, warming mm-hmm. up, and I had a bunch of drunks like within a, a reach. A couple of wild pitches coming. Listen, uh, uh, there's alcohol, yeah. <laughs> fans that close to the, the players, well, I'm the, not sure it's a good thing. We went and checked out the, the bleachers. And we, stood, we stood behind them for a little bit, and I dubbed it the ejection section. Uh, which I thought was very good, um, if I do say so myself. Not bad. There are going to be some people thrown out of there because that's like where they, you know, the riffraff goes, right? Because if you pay 20 bucks, there's no assigned seating there. So the people who are there first, you know, you have to get there early to get into those bleachers. Yeah. And they're right behind the opposing bullpen. You're on top of them. And you're there for a long time you're if you're early. getting there first you get to there, the like, spot. Whenever yeah. the gate's open, I think three or four or whatever, you got to be there then to get in. Yeah. So... It's cool, so, man. They, they really changed the feel. I will give them full credit. It feels like a different park. In the year the government announces, what, two drinks per week? That's what's healthy, yeah. They go open 50 new <laughs> bars and patios. <laughs> yeah. I also saw that I think uh, like 20 grams of sugar <laughs> per day or something. My son had a cliff bar, and I checked it. There's like 25 grams. So, like, what, world, what world are they living in? I don't know. It's not reality, I guess. And the, I'm safe. I, I, the, quickly, last thing. The coup de gras of the Rogers Center, the new thing that they added was called the tap and go which is a unbelievable addition of the rogers center where you scan your credit card to get into this exclusive club aka the tap and go you go in you take a beer out of the contain out of the the fridge yeah you take it it senses you doing it and you crack it and you walk out you're just helping yourself from then on. You're just like, there's no lineup. You don't have to tip anybody. But you you're have in, you're to out. only take one. You, yeah, I mean, you can take as many as you want. You think you can take two? Oh, it'll scan two yeah. then yeah, yeah. off your credit card. Yeah, and you're. And I say ten out of ten to that. They're selling bottles of wine in there. You can get you crack wine. one of those. You screw take a off bottle and... to your seat. Yes, sir. Oh, that's another disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, be cracks. Was the guy in there'll center be... field threw a can at someone once? Are you throwing a wine bottle? Skulls will be cracking by the seventh <laughs> inning. Yeah. I don't care how fast it takes you it's to get Lord there. Of the flies here. Yeah, but I tapped. I tapped and went a couple times, but it was uh, it was an enjoyable experience. And the Jays won, and it was an extra inning game, and I was home in my bed by 10 20 that's not the way it used to be all right hockey all right leafs just playoffs that's all are in the big apple as dale hunter once told me don't take a big bite out of the apple it'll bite you back seems fair it's a big city a lot going on two leafs who really want to make a point tonight austin matthews and mitch marner i take umbrage at the idea that matthews would care marner for sure 300th goal. Now we already did this. I don't care. No. You, do you think? I know you do. You do yeah. think he cares. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the cookie monsters, they love this. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. No, no question about that. But they'll be back in the lineup. If Mitch doesn't get 100 tonight, it's a travesty. I don't know. Rangers are pretty good. They're very good. So is Mitch. So. Correct. Will not see anything near the intensity that we saw the other night against Tampa Bay, Sammy? 
Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I've, Intensity was an exhibition game. Yeah, right. It's still hockey, though. It's hard to go through the motions in an NHL hockey game, is it not? Yeah. You know, Rangers one of the only teams in the postseason that mm-hmm. this game doesn't matter for as well. You know, like, tonight matters to, like, 12 of the 16 playoff teams, roughly. So, I mean, there's some interesting stuff out of practice, at least, though, today. Um, Tavares won't play tonight. He's been he's come back to Toronto for personal reasons. Lafferty will not play tonight. Giordano bumps and bruises will not play tonight. So there's three guys out of the lineup for for the Leafs, but they're still uh, they're they're going back to uh, the Leafs' latest power forward on the on the right wing on the fourth line. Connor Timmins drawing in again. So um, who who by the way uh, said that he's never played forward in his life in his existence he we was have two, it, there's two there's two hilarious clips you guys want to hear them i have them both They're yeah quick. oh awesome Let's yeah do it. yeah uh a lot of panic to begin with but <laughs> <laughs> i think as the, as the game went on i started to get a little more used to it and uh felt comfortable play the other one too yeah. when was the last time you played forward um tampa bay that was the first time ever ever yeah ever so even as a kid yeah, yeah not even as a kid so yeah he felt panic and had literally never played the position. That is hilarious. It is hilarious. By the way, do you think Tavares and Lafferty coming home for personal reasons, they can't say it's like load management or rest because they have an emergency call-up goalie? Like, is it related to that? And I don't know, and I don't care anymore. Okay, great. I mean, at the you know end what? of the day, I'm with you. whatever they do, whatever they want to say, yep. if they got the green light from the league, I don't care. I'm with you. I definitely think that that's why the language is the way it is. Not like yeah. Tavares' house is on fire or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's next? It's not personal. It's business. In- impersonal reasons? No, business. It's just, <laughs> they're going back for business reasons. <laughs> yeah. That'll be the next one, and we won't care either. His GTHL team is up for sale. I don't know. Um, let's go to Sheldon Keefe for our first Kip- Kipper's Clipper on uh, what he uh, thinks about tonight's last game of the regular season. I'm really just approaching it uh, and yeah, we, we want to play everybody and get everybody rolling out there. Uh, you're always going to coach and play to win, you know, but most important thing for us, and this one here in particular, is just obviously make sure we get out of it healthy and do all that we can to, to do that. It is a hockey game. You can only control so many things, but, you know, for the most part, uh, try to manage everybody's minutes and, and look to get out of here unscathed. Eh. All right. Manage minutes, to get out on skate. His energy's down a little yeah. bit. He, he wants his thing over with. He mentioned injuries like way too many times in that clip. It wasn't even a regular season game. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even bring it up. It's like, oh, we're going to go out there and we're going to try to win the game and play well and get good motion going into the playoffs. They'll be like, we're not trying not to get hurt. We're not hurt. Unscathed. Don't get hurt. <laughs> God, don't put it in the lexicon, man. You know anything about the hockey guys? That's all everyone's thinking. I, you know... It would be interesting to see both teams truly commit to tonight being a no-hitter. Uh, we don't know Rangers' it, lineup. We'll it, ask it never Adam happens, Graves in about but, nine minutes yeah. if we can expect uh, a semi-decent lineup out of the Rangers. Like uh, You ran out of bodies too, right? The, it's filling spots is a, an issue sometimes. Yeah, I imagine that was a complication for the Leafs. It is, you know, interesting... In the best case scenario, you would just dress your American League team. You know, like there's nothing to be gained. I know you don't want to go too long without playing, but 
I'm not of the mind that, oh, you want to go in on a good note, go in hot, whatever. I just, you need to exist. You just need to get through tonight. Yeah. And they, I'm not excited for tonight's game. No. Rangers Leafs should be thrilling. Not excited. Yeah, maybe a second screen game with the Jays on the big screen but tonight. We'll be watching Matthew we'll, Nyes we'll pretty watching. closely. Yes. You know uh, why? It's not, okay, two games under his belt. The first one, probably a little more, uh, you know, hair on fire with the scheduling of getting him from Florida yeah. to Minnesota, back to Florida, settled in pretty nicely against Tampa Bay. Is this a game tonight where you continue to watch him and you just hope that you see another game where it, it looks like it's progressing towards game one? Can yeah. he play himself in or out of a lineup with this game tonight? It's yeah. a great question. And I think that is maybe the last thing up for grabs here. If he goes out and scores and he's a player tonight, there's no doubt it'd be too much, right? It'd be too much. He's well, done too two, many good two things. Two goals would go a long way to locking in game one. So uh, this is from Skate this morning. Power play one tonight consists of uh, Morgan Riley, Ryan O'Reilly, Matthews, Marner, and Matthew Nice. Yeah. So he's going to play Tavares' spot. He's playing with, in Tavares' spot. He's playing on the second line with uh, Nylander and O'Reilly. I, <laughs> I, I, tell you, I like that line. I, this is, I really this get is the putting feeling. it on a platter for him. I really get the feeling that lots of people within the organization really want this to happen, and they're putting him in the spot for it to happen. Yeah. Right? Like this is yeah, a, that's, it, it, it is leaning towards that. He's playing on the top power play unit over William Nylander, even when Tavares is gone. Yeah. It's a statement. Like, I know it's a meaningless game. I know, you know that neither of these teams care. You want to get a good look at him. But that is a big-time statement to me, to put him in there, even when Tavares is... It I, is. It is a big-time hey, statement. Hey, I don't think Willie doesn't, you know, want to bring up the conversation of Cookie Monsters again. One one away from 40. There's a, there's a milestone. You're not... Not, uh, I, don't, I don't get first looks on the power play. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, a, that's a milestone and a half for him. Um, it is interesting, but I do think the points about how the organization went out of their way here have really struggled fitting it in to get knives, knives here. You're making me do it now. Knives. <laughs> Instead of knives. Knives. <laughs> yeah, you say knives. I don't know what I'm saying. Knives. <laughs> Matthew, Spies and knives. Knives without the V. Yes. No um, v. But, I, yeah, a lot of people are heavily invested, and they've shown that they'll bend over backwards to make, his hat, make this happen, to get him some games in the NHL before playoffs. You know, I think he's going to be in game one, boys. Wow. I do. And for the record, do we want to say who's out? I'll take Aston Reese. You will, eh? Yeah. You love Lafferty, right? You love him. Yeah, I like Lafferty. I don't envision uh, him not being in game one. Yeah. And I've I've not been a huge Aston Reese fan, but he has come on. you got to give him credit. Uh, he's a, yeah, he's played well for a while he, now. He played a lot better when the roster around him got stronger. Yeah. Maybe he got a little braver to, to go out there and do things, feeling like he doesn't have to do them alone now. But I, I think he's earned game one, too. It's crazy because he hasn't been a healthy in, what, months? I'm staying strong. He still he doesn't get in game one. Doesn't? Yeah, It's not a ridiculous take to suggest he won't. But I just think 
early in the series, if if he's not going to play, it has to be game one. If he's not going to play, right? Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, right? yeah. He, he's either it's, in, 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 or... It's the easiest way not to put him in the lineup is to at least sit him out in the first game. Yeah, have a look at the pace. You just think about all the time and effort that Keefe has put into developing what this bottom six looks like in terms of the defensive work and the responsibility and all the additions they made to make it better. Achari, Lafferty, they brought in Aston Reese in the offseason. To me, it's just too quick. It's too quick to completely pivot it from what you quick, were thinking but about. They, but they, they are quick. They did pivot. And so I mean, many he's playing PP one. He's playing PP one tonight. So I think you guys are probably closer to being yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. Listen, you could put Kerfoot there. You could put Nylander there. You got a lot of a lot of options here. But uh, the Leafs don't score a ton. They're not an offensive juggernaut. Like there's value in having so, a guy that can create. David Alter asked uh, Sheldon Keith this morning about four players that have played all the games in the season and what that means for them. And Sheldon Keefe didn't know who the four players were. Uh, do you, do know? you know who the four players are? Do you know? Well, I guess it's not. Is it Willie as well? Willie's one. Um, God, has Tavares played every game? Nope. Uh, Kampf? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, you know who else? Um, uh, let's plug the the boat hole. What, what do we call him? Kerfoot. Flex seal. Yeah. Flex <laughs> seal. Yeah. And then is there a demon? Not Geo, not Hall, not Brody, not Riley, not Lilligren. Not Brody. Oh, gosh. It's not Mitch. It's not Austin. It's not Bunting. Bunting? Bunting. Bunting. Yep. Oh, the Bunting. Yeah. Yep. Remember him? He's the on the team. Cake. Yeah, I forgot yep. about so- The old bunt cake. It's like, yeah, so they, uh, Willie, Michael Bunting, Alex Kerfoot, and David Camp will have played in all 82 games. I like that. I That's a distinct honor. And Mitch deserves that credit too because he's played 80 with two rest games. Yeah. When, uh, one year in Washington, I, uh, I was healthy scratched game one and then played 79 straight after that. And I didn't get 80 because they didn't start me in the home opener. Oh, it's tough. I am. The, I am Babs, I, I, was Babs your coach, Kip? An 80-game <laughs> yeah. season is like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a badge of honor. I'm the games played. That you played, can get hurt. Yeah. I'm, I'm the games played record holder at my university. I played every game for four years, and I got healthied as a senior in one game. Wow. So I, I played 149 games That's instead of 150. A kick in the nuts with a speed skate. You know, if you play poorly long enough, they don't play you. I deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. I was terrible. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. All you right. Can't, you can't healthy scratch someone who pays 650 bucks to play hockey every year. But, we, uh, uh, so. <laughs> we got some comments on Matthew Nyes. Yeah, we got Nyes. a couple comments. Nyes. Yeah, we got a couple comments. We'll, we'll play the first one before we get to uh, Adam All right. Graves. Yeah, I th- you know, for him, it's just uh, another game to play. Uh, you know, I think with each each game and each day is a new experience to help him uh, with his adjustment we're just going to continue to watch him but he's to me in the two games he's played so far he's you know he's done very well and uh, you know the not easy games that he's played in and certainly not easy circumstances that he's been through uh, an off day yesterday or you know hopefully a chance for him to sort of uh, settle in a little bit but um, he's shown us that 
he's shown us, you know, the, that the moment or the the adjustment isn't uh, all that big for him. Like he's really uh, stepped right in and, and done a good job and played with confidence. There's, you know, there's going to be mistakes and adjustments still to, still to be made, but he's uh, he's been impressive. See, he tried really hard there to downplay how much they love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just another game. Uh, no, Madison Square Garden, New York Rangers, the Big Apple. Deciding if he's in playoff not lineup quite. or not. Put him on the power hey, play. G- game 82 or not. You're dressing a kid from... Just yeah. not quite. Just another game. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's a big game for that right. guy. Playing against he's going Patrick Kane. He's an American playing against Patrick Kane in his eyes New are, York. Yeah, they're, they're the size of manhole covers, his what, eyes. What tonight. a series of games for him to walk into. You know, Florida, who's fighting for their playoff lives. Tampa, yeah. the first round playoff opponent. New yeah. York, Madison Square Garden. You know, and then first round of playoffs. Like he's not; these aren't game eighty-six a year. Sorry, he's fifty-six against Columbus games. He's coming in no. hot, so that's good. Yeah, and he's so far making the most out of an opportunity here. He has not looked out of place. He's made some. He, he can battle along the walls. He can make plays. He can get pucks to net. Um, I wonder. I go ahead. What was I wonder thing? if his energy can stay up like this? You know, Frozen Four, Quinnipiac, OT Loss, New Leafs Road. You know, all this. Like, can yeah. you sustain? I think. Yeah, I think once you're got to be like oh, a, just come to the rink, put your skates on, and every, things come naturally to you. There's a there's a subconscious here too where you just just react. It's yeah. still. Yeah, it's the best league in the world, and they're faster and stronger than you've ever seen before, but it is still the same game that you played since you were really young. Yeah, but what stands out to me is his energy out there yeah. right now. You it's know? good. And if he loses that, yeah. is he able to fall into a more you know positional game, reliable yeah. game, or you know, will it be a detriment? The thing after watching him a couple of the games, too, is you wonder if he did not, if he forgoed the last year, and he played this season, yeah. where would he might be today? You know what I also had the thought? If they had him in playoffs last year where he was available and they lost by one goal in game seven, might have helped. I, uh, I, he's a year younger. No, like no, but to get... Yeah, their fourth but, line last year was shambles. Yeah, right. How old is he, 23? 20, is he 23 yet? Or is he 22? He is 20? 20. Oh, he's just 20. 20 turning 21 in oh, October. Gosh. Wow, he's quite okay, young. Then, then you know what? I got to say I'm embarrassed. Uh, I apologize. He's still, <laughs> uh, he's he's so young. Yeah. He's just, I thought he was a little older than that. God, he's still going to fill out. He's going to be yes. a big kid. Yeah. Jeez. He's still going to, the next two years, he's going to fill out and get stronger. He's playing at 210 now. He's going to play at 215 at least. Can't, I can't track down crazy, buddy. No. Not right now. Okay, no. we'll find him. Did you guys see the thing I retweeted uh, from Graves today? No, I, I think didn't. I sent it to our group chat. But yeah, he, uh, you know, him talk, chanting 1940 after they won, uh, you guys won the cup. It seems like a fun guy. We'll get into that with him. Uh, all right, let's go to Justin Hall. What did uh, Sheldon have well, uh, to say about Justin Luke, Hall? Luke Fox asked about him, how about how he's kind of flying under the radar here. Not a lot of conversation about him, and he just was spoke glowingly about him, so I thought it'd be interesting for us to have a conversation about Hall heading in the playoffs. 
I would say he's just been very consistent. I think he's done a really nice job for us uh, defensively and just quietly going about his business. Uh, I, I don't think he's had, you know, um, major peaks or valleys or anything like that. It's been pretty steady. So we've been really happy with him that way. There was a conversation at one point in this season, you know, would he be in the playoff lineup, right? Mm-hmm. And that com- that's not even a question at this point. He plays 20-plus minutes a night. Yeah. Yeah. I know, as he has in the past. Yeah. And I, I just, you're, you're not 100% sure what you're going to get game to game. There's still areas for me in his game. Sometimes you can watch him behind the net. He'll just make some poor decisions. But he has been really good and really steady the last little while. And if yeah. you don't notice him... And he's quietly going about his business. That is music to everyone's ears. I wrote him off like a bozo. Send <laughs> <laughs> the key on who? No, that, Listen, was, that was bunkus. Oh. I mean, there were there was times couldn't give him away. Justin Hall. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a guy you don't think about, don't have to think about very often. You know, he, the odd giveaway or not, he's a pretty reliable guy for them. So, you know, happy it's worked out uh, in terms of, Post Seattle Kraken expansion draft and all that, he's been worthwhile at his salary. So glad Keith feels the same way. I think we got your boy here. All right. All right. Placing well, a quick call. Game 82, they went pretty fast for you, or like relatively speaking? Well, yeah, actually. You? I yes. mean, by. Yeah, no, no. This one was super fast. Yeah. Even though we've known where we've been headed for a long time, it. Uh, yeah, to wake wake up here today and have it be the last game of the season, our second year together, real kipper and born. All right, let's Pretty welcome fun. him in. Adam Graves, former NHLer, over 1,100 games, now doing a terrific job uh, with the New York Rangers and the hockey and business operations. Gravy, how are you, pal? Very good. More importantly, uh, uh, childhood buddy of kippers. We've been, uh, <laughs> yes. since we were young. We do together, uh, we used play to run, together. We used yeah. to run hockey schools together. Oh yeah, for uh, Seneca College. How old were you then? Oh, we were much more than 16, 15, yep. 16, yep. 17. Yeah, yeah. You're just punching yeah. kids in the face, or what? Uh, yeah. No. And then... <laughs> anyway, Kipper and I didn't teach the kids how to uh, stick handle. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> hey, Kipper, push the puck. Push the puck. So there'll be times when we're like on the ice and we're like, oh my God, we've exhausted everything like we do on our show. What are we going to talk about? And uh, was it you, Gravy, or Brian Wilkes that came up with, let's teach him the backhanded slap shot? <laughs> that, that, that was Wilkesy and Spotter. Surprise, surprise. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're going to spend 20 minutes on a backhanded slap shot. All right. So, Gravy, uh, just sum up the season for the New York Rangers for us just in terms of uh, you know recent playoff success and then trying to get to the next level and and where it all ended up uh, after 82 games after tonight well certainly uh, for anyone that uh, watches uh, the NHL on a consistent basis you see how many great teams are across the entire league let alone the Eastern Conference uh, led by Boston of course Uh, but I think when you you think about the, the Rangers and hockey is a game of of experience in a lot of ways. And you, you see the maturation of teams that have won it, whether it's a, uh, a Tampa, uh, you know, in their last four or five years, 
you know, what they've been able to do or, or uh, you know, Colorado, you know, the, the experience. And the, and the Rangers are, are a young team and uh, certainly have a mixture of uh, young and old. And after last year's, you know, run where they uh, came back from 3-1 against Pittsburgh, having a Vesna Trophy winner and Shesterkin, expectations really high coming in this year. And I think the first 25 games are playing about 500. And, and then uh, things started to turn, and, and uh, they've been one of the, the top teams in the league uh, for the, the last three quarters of the season. And certainly their goaltender, Shesterkin, who, who is one of the elite goaltenders in the entire world. Um, is back into form over the last five, six weeks. So uh, this is a team that has a lot of weapons now, as you know, with Kane and, and uh, certainly some of the, the trades that uh, Tarasenko, who plays a real heavy game, skill game, and then the power play and the players that are already here, whether it's uh, Panarin or, or uh, uh, you know, Kreider and, uh, and Sabanajad. I mean, they've got a lot of weapons and the young kids are developing. So it's, it's an exciting time, but there's a lot of excellent teams, as you know, uh, in, in both conferences, but especially the Eastern Conference. Adam, when you look at this Toronto Maple Leafs team, you know, I, I think if you told people or said about the Leafs, like they have experience now. This is no longer a young team. They have experience. Some people may chuckle because they have experience losing. Do you think that there's still value in the type of experience the Leafs have had, or do you need to go deeper into these battles to get a sense for what it takes? Well, without speaking specifically to, to Toronto, obviously uh, being an Oakville guy, get to see the Leafs, uh, they have an excellent hockey club and obviously some, some great players up and down their, their lineup. But um, you just don't know when, when that switch is going to turn or when you're going to turn that corner. And a perfect example of that is Colorado last year. You know, they've had a, a, a really good team for a long time and then everything came together. Uh, for them last year and and same with uh, Tampa Bay you know three three years ago the year before I think they set a record that was just beat this year by Boston and lost in the first round to Columbus but they stayed the course and great experience and then they win the cup the next next two years or in the finals last year so you just don't know when that uh, you know when that formula is, is right or exact, but but the Toronto Maple Leafs are, are an excellent hockey club and one of uh, I obviously think that one of the uh, you know top five or six teams expected to that, that could win. I mean that's that's the best part uh, with the you know the parity, but there's also parity in the top seven or eight teams that you wouldn't be surprised. Um, if any of those teams won. It, it, it's not like it was back in the 80s and 90s where, you know, you had that top team, whether it was the Oilers or, or in the 70s with Montreal, or, and you just thought, well, wow, they're, they're going to win it. You just don't know who's going to win. No one would surprise you right now um, who has that opportunity. You just don't know whose year it is. We're talking to two-time Stanley Cup champion Adam Graves, uh, including one with the New York Rangers in which you scored 52 goals, Gravy, and another player... Chris Kreider did the same thing last year. Uh, if we talk about goal scores and then coming back the following year, maybe not hitting the, the numbers that they would have liked. And let's throw in Austin Matthews going from 60 uh, to 40 this year. Just talk about some of the challenges that you had back there to, to come back after a 50-goal season and maybe what Chris Kreider has uh, gone through this year, and he's sitting at 36, I think, which is nothing to sneeze at. But mentally, is there a little bit of a, a, a down feeling knowing the number that you had the previous year? Well, I, I would say there's a few things, and certainly uh, Cried's his small game play in around the net 
his ability to get a stick on pucks. He's, he's a he's a very uh, he's, he's an incredible uh, uh, athlete. Like he's six three, two hundred thirty pounds, and he might be one of the fastest guys in the league. Um, his his maturation, like I said, in the in the small area, right around the net. And, and his ability on the power play with uh, Mika on the one side, whether it's a tip or just uh, finding holes in around the net. Um, he's had some great opportunities. He could easily have uh, 40 goals, but at times, too, teams are, 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 are keying on him and that. But he's still he's had an, an outstanding year. I mean, uh, you, you score... Uh, 36, 40 goals in the National Hockey League. Uh, that, that, that's amazing. Not too many players. He'd be in the top 12 or 15. He's not two or three in the league, but he's, he's in the top 15 in, in, in goals scored. So he, he's, he's having an excellent year. But there's also, you know, there's balance too. Uh, when, when you talk about a, a lineup that has uh, Tarasenko, has a Kane, has uh, Sabanajad, has all these different weapons, um, you know, there, there's only one puck on the ice, and, and it has to be distributed amongst all. But, but, but Kreider's a guy that uh, he, he's he's an interesting guy because he, he's a threat on the the rush as well because of his speed and he can shoot and stride. And on the power play in the front of the net, he's a big-bodied guy. And on top of it all, he's a great teammate. So, um, yes, it's not the 50 he had last year, but he's also the all-time uh, leading goal scorer in playoffs. He's a guy that's a big game player. One. NCAA a couple times in, in, in university, and he seems to save some of his best hockey for the playoffs. So I expect him to be a, a big part of this uh, this playoff run. Yesterday, I made the bold statement here that it doesn't matter who the Rangers draw in round one. The Devils or the Hurricanes, uh, they're going to win that first round series. I, I just think they're built strong at every position. They're, they've got some size, the whole deal. Is there anywhere with that team that you see a weak spot? Because to me, uh, you know, as much as with Boston, with Tampa, whoever it may be, I feel like they're they're pretty solidified all up and down the lineup. Well, for, for being part of the organization now for close to three decades, I've, I've, I've got to be careful because I don't have to back up any predictions that I make. And, and I've watched <laughs> and I've watched the Devils and, and they play so fast and they turn over four lines and they don't give you any room, and, and uh, their transition game is as good as I've seen in a long, long time. And Carolina, as you know, I mean, it's from their coach all the way through, the detail in their game, it's a reflection of their, their coach. And Kipper and I, we, we had the opportunity, obviously, to, to, to play against uh, him. He didn't take a shift off. He didn't, he didn't take 10 seconds off. And their team follows that uh, that mo, and, and and they're a difficult team to uh, to play against. They're so strong in in all areas of the uh, of the ice. But as far as you know, the, the the Rangers are concerned. For me, they just have to they, they just have to focus on rolling over four lines because the, they, as, as far as I'm concerned, with the the uh, uh, maturation of uh, Kako and Hedl and Lafreniere. And then uh, having, uh, you know, that fourth line that's, that's been dynamite, uh, they're as good a fourth line as there is in the league. And, the, and, and, and certainly Miller on the back end, Lindgren being healthy after being out for close to 20 games, um, they've, they've got a strong back end. But, again, you look at all the other teams, and they look at Boston, look at the depth they have. Um, it's uh, as much as you want to get excited, and you, it, nothing is easy. And it's a game of inches. It's going to be the team that makes the, the least amount of mistakes. So it's, it's going to be exciting. And as you know, the best, uh, for me, the best round in hockey is that first round. It's just so exciting and incredible. And I'm looking forward to it because I watch every game. Like you're shot out of a cannon that first round. Uh, how are uh, New Yorkers taking to Pat Kane? 
Oh, how can you not? He's he's a champ. The guy's a champion, and and you know, Kip, watching him. I remember when they were playing against LA and they were down three games to one. He had like eleven points in three games, and just he's one of those players that he's not obviously. Uh, in, in stature, he's not a big guy, but he plays a big game, and the bigger the game. I can remember watching him in uh, playing for London, and we're up in Owen Sound one night, and I was with Gordy Clark, and he went down the ice with the puck on his stick. And you know how he kind of rockers back and forth on his edges? He literally went straight in on a defenseman with the puck, rockered back and forth on his edges. The defenseman thought he was going wide, moved wide, and Kane just skated right in the same line he was in, went right in on the net and put it in the net. We both looked at each other and <laughs> we went, wow, because it was just head fakes and change of weight. And, and he didn't even actually change out of the lane that he was in. But the defenseman thought he was changing lanes and moved out of the way and just walked right through in the same lane. It was, it was ridiculous. But that's the type of player he is. He can, he can take you right out of your seat. He makes those plays. He knows where the puck's going before it's on his stick. You can see his head on the swivel. And for me, He's just starting to get comfortable now because it does take, certainly, especially being in Chicago for 14, 15 years, three Stanley Cups, 12, you know, uh, uh, 1,200, whatever it is, points. You know, it, it's not going to happen overnight, and he's, he's, he's just settling in. Uh, last one for me. I'd love to get a sense for you grew up with, with Kipper. What was it like being teammates on the New York Rangers after growing up together in Toronto. Thanks, Gravy. We're out of time. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's all good because, as I told you, Kipper, Kipper and I are more like brothers than we are teammates. And uh, one thing I will tell you, and Kipper would agree, there wasn't a day that every guy in that locker room didn't want to get to the rink and spend time with their teammates because I haven't laughed as hard as I laughed that entire season. I remember sitting beside Leachie and we'd be wiping the tears off our cheeks because how engaged everyone was. And it wasn't just one person speaking. Everyone was weighing in. We had one of the fine way between uh, Kip and Heels and, and uh, Ricky. And I mean, it, the list goes on and on. It was an in- incredible opportunity. We obviously uh, uh, played a few years together, uh, but certainly uh, uh, spend a lot of time in the community and do other things. Uh, but for me, it's, it's family. And that's what it's all about. All right. You're a good man, Gravy. And, uh, Today's no different. Thanks for helping us out today, and thanks for joining us. Um, it's got to be exciting, though, down there. The, the last thing I want to say to you is that do you ever recall as a Ranger that uh, the Devils, the Islanders, and the Rangers were all in together in the playoffs? It's, it's interesting because they said it's the first time in a long time, and I just you just assume because you don't think about Yeah. Sometimes you don't think about that detail, but I will say that the market, the, the tri-state areas, one of the fastest growing hockey markets in, in North America is in, certainly in the United States. And when all three teams are, are successful and competitive and, and one of three of the top teams, it just bodes well for hockey and the excitement. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yep. As you know, it's great time. Have have a, get her going. have a great time. this Stanley cup spring pal. And uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll see you soon down the road. Love to catch up along the way. Thanks guys. That is the Thank great you. Adam Graves, man. It would, just class act this yeah. guy yeah he's awesome he is it, it awesome. was to follow up your point there it marks the fourth time in the tri-state area's history that all three teams have made the postseason so this year 2007 1994 and 1990 oh wow that's it that is uh that's i know crazy <laughs> You know what saved us, too, in 94? <laughs> the Islanders didn't hey, make it for a decade first, themselves. First couple of rounds, you, you, you 
you t- took a bus yeah. and uh, we we took the the uh, Amtrak to Washington. Did you? It was so much fun just getting on this a train. commercial. Oh yeah, just in there with the. Oh yeah, yeah that's great. Well, wow, they'd have our own booths. They they close it off for us, but oh, okay. it was still really cool to to travel that way and not feel like you're exhausted. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a different, uh, uh, definitely a leg up on some other teams. The Rangers are in. Pittsburgh's out. To talk about that after the break, we welcome in Phil Bork. You are watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Last night, Pittsburgh Penguins officially eliminated from Stanley Cup. Only happened once in the last, what, 17 with Sidney Crosby? Yep. Going back to his rookie year. Uh, let's well welcome in Phil Bork, Pittsburgh Penguin radio analyst and two-time Stanley Cup champion. And uh, Borky, um, if I asked you if the city of Pittsburgh or at least the hockey fans there uh, woke up today a little stunned, would that be a an understatement? Um, not this morning. Uh, that was probably yesterday morning. Uh, stunned after losing to the Blackhawks and good to be on with you kipper and justin um yeah i'll be honest with you i'm actually driving i had some family stuff to take care of i'm driving to columbus right now so i've had some time to to marinate and think about what happened and so it's like a bad dream it's like no that didn't really happen people didn't lose the blackhawks and and actually actually squander their chance to get into the postseason for the seventh straight season um the fans are angry man they're angry and you don't blame them you know, because as much as this team has flaws and warts, Nikki, uh, they still were a team that were good enough after getting gift after gift after gift Christmas in April to beat the Chicago Blackhawks, to give yourself a chance tonight to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets to get to the postseason. And I think that's why there's a bunch of reasons why they're angry, but that's probably the one that's uh, fresh on their heart. Just hearing you talk about that, um, is it a Mike Sullivan thing? Is that where some of the frustration is? That's part of it. Yeah. Justin, you can't, I don't think you can just take your index finger and go, That's oh, it. it's Sully's fault. Just like you can't point your finger and just say, oh, it's Hecky's fault. But they, I mean, they're probably taking the, the, the biggest bite of the sandwich, right? Um, because they're the, they're the generals, right? They're the, they're the ice generals. They're the ones that are, um, you know, it, it goes hand in hand. You know, whether you're talking about a highly paid player or a highly paid coach or a well-compensated general manager, there's a responsibility that goes along with that. And so, um, yeah, I, I didn't think Sully had a great season. Um, I do find it interesting that, you know, I've, down on the benches, between the benches a couple times recently, guys, and, uh, you know, I remember Mike Sullivan just being this fiery Irishman, man. There, there's times when, win or lose, he'd get to the podium after uh, talking to the uh, the press and he, you think he was graveling uh, or, or gargling with uh, 
with rocks or something like that. I mean, he he was so uh, passionate behind the bench, and I I don't think he's given up. I mean, that's that, that's that's too bold of a statement. But I, I see a much more cerebral, almost a passive Mike Sullivan, and I just think it's such uncharted waters for him that I think he's also in disbelief as what's what's happened here. So, yeah, as much as you want to point the finger at Mike Sullivan, and he does probably deserve some of it, it's not all on him. Borky, is, would there be a part of him that looks down the roster and just says not good enough? And I know injuries play a, a huge part, but, you know, is there a part where you say we left this in the hands of Tristan Jari and, and Casey DeSmith and that just wasn't good enough or – the defense wasn't good enough, or we were, we were too small, or we weren't tough enough. Fair question, uh, very fair question, and you're right. I mean, put yourself behind that bench, and you look at the nameplates as you go from left to right. You you play the cards that you're dealt, right? And you hope you're you have a good enough relationship and open line of conversation with your general manager that your GM says, "What do you need, man? What what do I need to get you?" You know, and if, if that line of conversation is not a, a two-way street and you're not getting the players that you want, then, yeah, it, you feel you feel almost like you've got handcuffs on. Um, but, yeah, this the, the bottom six for this team, man, it's, it's just – it's not even close. It's, not, it's just not good enough to compete for a Stanley Cup. Now, obviously not to get to the playoffs. Probably the most disappointing part when you talk about the overall – team and the skaters uh, are the goaltenders. Uh, they have just underachieved, and I, I feel like uh, such a fraud because when the Penguins came out of the gate 4-0-1, you know, my job is to analyze, and when I come on shows like yours, Nikki and, and Justin, you, you want some expert analysis, right? And I went on about I think Tristan Jari and Casey Smith are two of the best two goalies in a great tandem and all this, and it was just an injury and then a bad goal. And it just seemed to be one thing after another thing where you, you just feel like you can't trust these guys. And I felt that was a strength for the Penguins and it ended, ended up being more of a weakness. So, you know, first off, we're all, you know, you're forgiven on that. You know, that is a, it was a very unpredictable turn for Pittsburgh that obviously had a large impact on their season. There's, but there's been listen, there's been a lot of jobs lost over particularly coaching jobs lost over goaltenders who didn't perform well. What changes do you think are coming then for Pittsburgh this off season? There's no way they just run it back next season with the same group and say try again. You know, just just before you add to that, Borky, to Justin's point, this is the Fenway Group that are now the owners. Uh, uh, when you talk about Justin's uh, question and then answer it. Uh, uh, give us a feel of the Fenway group and where they fit in all of this and how much they've really paid attention and who are they really? Well, that's something I'm hearing a lot from Penguins fans. Is they don't know. They don't know who they are um, because there really hasn't been a face to the organization. And, you know, you guys have been to Pittsburgh enough times to know that we're a big city, but we're a small city, you know, and we're just blue collar, man. And, and we like relationships and we consider our athletes and, and the owners of our sports teams family. I mean, you look at the Rooney family with the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, there's a, there's a bond and a connection there that's, that's always going to be there. And, you know, even though Ron Burkle, uh, who was 
you know, the principal owner with Mario Lemieux before the Fenway Group wasn't really seen much. Mario was. And so he took the place of Ron. Everybody kind of understood that Ron was more the money guy and, and Mario was more the hockey guy. And it worked for everybody because we still had the big boy there. And now with the Fenway Group, a lot of people are like, who are they? We don't, we don't know who owns the Penguins. Uh, maybe that will change. Now that, uh, you know, the you-know-what's going to hit the fan here, I think, a little bit. But kind of to to not ramble on here and get to your question, Justin, uh, the number one thing for me is they need more size. They move, yeah. need more jam. They need more grit. I'll be honest with you. That's the biggest, the hardest thing for me to watch all year, guys, is to watch and Chris Letang and even Evgeny Malkin. Guys just running the snot out of them, and you look around, and you're like, "Well, somebody, will somebody, please do something." And I know they're looking over their shoulders, and nobody, Nikki, nobody does a thing. It's, it's. I've never seen anything like it before. And so, what do those guys do? They're not shrinking violets. They go and stick up for themselves, you know. And you know as well as I do. And I'm, Justin, you understand this, and especially Nikki, who played that role, right? If you saw Mark Messier get drilled from behind and you're on the ice, for the love of all that's holy, you didn't care if you got punched in the face 15 times. You went and stuck up for that guy because, number one, your teammates respected you, but just as much the opponent respected you for doing it because it's the right thing to do. And I was taught as a peewee, and I remember the coach. His name was Beaver Robinson, and he was a spitter, and he's a yeller and a spitter. (laughs) (laughs) Right? He grabbed me by the jersey and the, all that spit flying in my face. And he's like, he's like, nobody, nobody ever touches your captain and nobody touches your goalie. And I'll never, I never forgot that. And I got punched in the face a lot sticking up for my captain and my goalie. And I just don't see it on the Pittsburgh Penguins team. So, Borky, where's, we're sitting all of this to say this. You know, Sid, though, Sid, Sid doesn't color outside the lines. You know, Sid. It says, you know, he stays with on his lane because, you know, too many people give him heat if he go, if he, if he says what's really on his heart. Uh, that's just the reality of, of being a star in a sport, that if you really voice your opinion, there's so much that comes back. You're like, why did I bother? I'll just give them what they want to hear. That's yeah, tough. Tough to... To figure out the a way to make this better, you know, like with the contracts they have, it just feels like they're a little bit stuck right now. You know, we're a new GM to come in there. Is there even any room to do much given the contracts they have? Oh, you're going to have to get super creative. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Carter has really struggled, and that's, that's been a huge disappointment because I'm a huge Jeff Carter fan. And I thought maybe he was just kind of meandering through the regular season. It was going to really turn it on the last, you know, 20 or, or even dozen games. It just wasn't there. And I feel for him because, you know, as hockey players, we all hit that point, you know, where you know. You just know you don't have it anymore. Yeah. And I think Jeff Carter's kind of there. But, you know, Jeff Petrie was a major disappointment this year. And he, he's, besides Sid, he's got the second biggest cap hit on the team. What do you do with that contract? You know, um, you know this Mikhail Granlin deal. If you're the new GM coming in on that, two more years at five million. I don't even know if he can play anymore. I mean, I thought he was a fast player when he was in Minnesota, but he's lost not a step. He's lost 
three steps. I, I just can't believe the drop-off in this game. And he had one goal in, I think, 18 games as a Penguin. Maybe it's even 20 games. And it was the fifth goal in a 5-1 win against the Philadelphia Flyers. I, I don't know. Where, if you're the new guy coming in, I don't know where you start because there's, there's a lot of uh, leaks in the dam, and there's not enough fingers to fill them all in the one-month time. I got to think with the new contracts uh, issued out last year to Malkin and uh, and Latang and Sid still up around ninety a hundred points. Who whether or not Hextall and and Brian Burke stay or they get somebody else in there, you have to come in and win now. That's not an option when you have those guys, the money that's being paid, and the and the levels that they can still hit. Correct, Borky. No, you're right. Those guys have had Sid's arguably his best year ever. And because it's not just stats. I, I have the pleasure of watching him every single game and all the little things that don't make the stats and the highlights that you guys watch. As far as, yeah, Gino gets his cookies, uh, but he's been better at those low percentage, high risk plays. And Chris Tang, these guys, you look at all he's been through. The second stroke, the passing of his father, overall, he's been really, really good. You know, I heard Paul Coffey say something, so I don't want to take ownership of this, but I thought it was so interesting and it's so bang on. But, you know, Paul Coffey was, was a star, star player. He said, you know, when there's three kind of players on the team. There's the, the muckers, the grinders, and, and the, the slugs, you know. And when they see a coach walking their way, they go the other way, right? Because they're like, oh, geez, you know, what did I do wrong now, right? Then you have the the really good players, right? And they're they're up the, the coach's ass all the time because, you know what? They want to be elite players, and they want to get to the next level, and they want to have the power play time. And so they're the coach's best friend, right? Then you have the Sidney Crosby's and the Evgeny Malkins. You know, you have the, the, the real elite players. And all they want, guys, do they need more money? No. Do they need another Lambo in the driveway? No. Do they need another Rolex? No. They want another ring. So all they're asking their general manager and their coach is to surround them with a good enough supporting cast to at least get them in the playoffs, at least get them another kick at the can. That's all these guys want because they don't, they don't need any more money. They don't need friends. They don't need anything else material-wise. They just need a good enough supporting cast to get to the dance and maybe take another run at the Stanley Cup. And I feel like management really let them down in that way. How many runs do you think Sid would have left in him here? You know, I mean, 90 points is here. He's certainly not uh, going away anytime soon, but, you know, not going to play forever. No, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't think anybody can answer that question. It's a fair question to ask. Um, but the way this guy trains and the way he continues to, to look at deficiencies in his games and, and always making little tweaks and adjustments to get better um, – you know, I don't, I don't see him slowing down. I just think as long as he's, he's playing, he's going to play at Sidney Crosby level or he's going to say goodbye. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to drop off and be a, a second or a third-line center. I'm going to be the number one guy. I'm going to wear the C, and I'm going to lead by example. And once he's not able to do that, whether that's at 38, 40, 42, 45, who knows? Um, I think as long as he's in the lineup, I think his team will always have a chance. You know, is that a 5% chance? Is it a 50% chance? It's, again, 
It's all about the supporting cast. Porky, you know, with the year that the Penguins had and where Sid is in his career, a lot of people are going to think that this might be the perfect opportunity for Sid to go somewhere else. People fantasizing about him and maybe Nate McKinnon playing in Colorado together. Let me ask you this. Do you ever envision him wearing another NHL uniform besides the Pittsburgh Penguins? I've been asked that question probably, I'd say, within the last week. I bet you I've been asked that question 10 to 12 times. I'll give you the same answer I gave the other 12 people. No flipping way. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Because Sidney Crosby wears the same pair of shoes that Mario Lemieux wore. Okay, he wears the same skates. And he will walk down that road and just the way Mario did. There is something to be said. Listen, the Montreal Canadiens would have given you the whole city, would have given you every single dollar, every player on the roster, would have given you the form to get Mario to play there. And he said, no, I'm a Pittsburgh Penguin. And that's, and that's the... Uh, that's the songbook that sings out of. It's the same book that Mario did, and uh, Sid will continue to walk down that path and continue to be a Pittsburgh Penguin as long as he's in the National Hockey League. Isn't it crazy watching Kane and Taves leave Chicago, and who knows what's going to come next for those guys, but it's so hard to have an amicable end where the player is happy, the team is happy, the organization's happy. It just is so uncommon and it's tough to see with competitors unless the Penguins are good. So I guess that's it for Sid, hey? Just as long as the Penguins are good. If they're bad, it would be fascinating to see what would become of him just from an outsider's perspective. No, that's, that's yeah, really well said. Uh, and it is tough to watch. You know, just watching Chicago and, and Jonathan Taves. I do hear kind of through the uh, undercurrent that Jonathan Taves still wants to play. And I heard he would not, or he would be uh, tickled to play for the Pittsburgh Penguins and maybe be a 3C behind Sid and Gino. Who knows? You know, we, his health is a, is a major issue, obviously. Um, but, yeah, it's tough to watch. I, I'm still not used to Patrick Kane wearing the New York Rangers jersey. I mean, he's, he's, just, he's a Blackhawk, right? And, you know, it's very rare. Uh, throughout our game, even going back in the day, I mean, uh, how many teams did Wayne play for? Four, four different teams. Yeah, uh, it's it's you know it's 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 tough to watch. It was tough to see Bobby Orr wearing a Chicago Blackhawks jersey, right? I mean, uh, you really you think about how many guys wore one jersey. Great players that wore one jersey. You know, Steve Eisenman comes to mind. I mean, those are th- those are such special moments, special players, and Sid is such a historian he loves the history uh, not only of canada and the united states he studies that also but the history of the game he knows it he embraces it he respects it and uh he honors it porky that was awesome man your um your breakdown of the pittsburgh penguins uh missing the playoffs i can't think of anybody better to have brought on our show today to cover this man your your passion i i love it i got to play with you as a as a as a ranger and um you are every bit as passionate uh, as you were when you played man appreciate it well thanks pal it's, uh, i i don't know i it, it physically it's i have i have like a pit in my stomach you know we, like, uh, we hear it yeah. bad. 
bad happened to the family, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can pull their bootstraps up and, and fix what's wrong here because it's still a special team with Sid here. So hopefully they can fix things. I enjoyed uh, coming on your show, guys. And this was. All right. Good listen, luck. safe travels, okay, on the road. And we'll catch Thanks, up to you soon. Phil Bork. Thanks so much. Wow. He was really good. He was really good. And you can you can sense the uh the disappointment. And you know, listen, we've we've had um guests come on the show who are uh you know, follow the team, travel with the team. Sometimes it's not easy to come on and and, and be so candid or yeah. show that much passion or frustration. So, you know, he's been there a long time, right? He he won cups there too. Um so he he understands the passion of yeah. that town and I think he said it best. Those are those are big little towns. There's it's mm-hmm. really a, a, a community there. So they are they're really disappointed there today. Yeah, and I, I thought that's a, a really relevant point about feeling disconnected from ownership in a way, you know, like without having the guy to point to and say it's Burkle, it's Lemieux, it's whoever, it's we don't know. I don't know. It's just a corporate corporate behemoth. That's challenging because you don't know who to be mad at sometimes and how to get results. You know, can you appeal to a corporation? That can be challenging. Sammy, what did you think seen. of Borgie? It's going to be what I sound like when the least loses the lightning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, no, he was awesome. Speaks from the heart. That's We ask people to come on this show all the time. And all we ask for is passion, honesty. Those are the two best things that make a, a good radio hit. And he had that in spades. So he's right. Like, it's, it stinks that Sid missed the playoffs. It really well, sucks. Yeah. The, the one thing was the, the decision to sign those guys and take another crack at it. And it was, it was just the wrong decision. But you know what, Kip? Maybe it's not so bad if they fill in around them okay. Like Granlin, no. Petrie, no. Like Raquel and Zucker making 10 schmill. You know, like they didn't do a good job of giving those guys a chance. Who, so I'm with you that I don't I don't know that they could have got through, do whatever, but they just didn't do yeah. a good job filling in around them. Yeah. Who, who do you think of when you think of guys that have played for one organization? Like the people that come to mind are the all-time legends. Like, I mean, I know uh, Gretzky didn't do it, but you think of, like, Iserman. You think of, you know, Lindstrom, Sackett. Lemieux, obviously. Listen, yeah. uh, Lemieux. I, 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 Wayne Gretzky's our best player in history. And I got to remind myself that, you know, he played on four teams. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know Oilers and I know Kings. And yeah. then it's like, oh, yeah, St. Louis and the right. Rangers at the I, end. Hey, how did he never play for the Leafs? You know what? How the hell did that not happen? I no, was, no salary I, I cap at there. the time? No, I know. I'll tell you exactly what happened. You know? Yeah. Oh, I do I'm know. really thrilled I to ask know. you this then. Uh, it was all set. He was going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. And then they went through this uh, ownership thing with Steve Stavro. And he got into a, a cash crunch. And banks were calling in uh, loans and debt. And he could not bring on... Gretzky is an asset. Oh my God! You know, the Toronto you know, you know Maple would have paid a lot of bills. This is bringing in Gretzky. Listen, if there's anyone out there that knows the story better, yeah, and, yeah. and maybe I didn't do it justice, or maybe I'm off, please let me know. But that's the way 
I remember it. Right. That there was something really crazy going on uh, at the time. God. Really would have loved it. And that was, that was the shift. That was... And then is that when he went to the Blues or went to New York? New York. Uh, got, that's a good question. I yeah. think it was uh, New York off of St. Louis. Mm. That would have been 95, 90, 96, maybe. Yeah. You, know, you know what eight-year-old Sam McKee would have hated? Wayne Gretzky on the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> that would have stunk. How many 99 jerseys? Oh, my God, be number sold? one. I see, I mean, like, I... Yeah, I see a lot of horrible jerseys every time I go to out to a Leaf event or see Leaf. Like, there would be a million. And I'm saying Gretzky's bad. Or I'm just saying, like, the amount of ones that are out there. Yes, they're currently Leafs Gretzky yes. jerseys made. I bet you that, yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. All right, a few of my sources are telling me you were, you were bang on Nick okay. on, on why Gretzky didn't end up a Toronto Maple Leaf. It's crazy now to think that the Leafs couldn't afford Wayne Gretzky because what – what would they now, do now if now, it was no, just money to get McDavid? Now, oh, I was going to say, just now money. they would sign Wayne Gretzky to a veteran minimum, 750K. <laughs> yeah. Have him blocking you shots. Here, you got to make 750. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, he's playing well, on the, actually, he'd be playing on the fourth line with uh, Thornton you and Spezza. You and Mark Giordano. You gotta, and, and Spezza. We're going to have you on the line together, well, the three of you guys. When I was asking Phil about how, you know, the way it ends for superstars and teams, like the only way it seems to end well in the salary cap era is when guys say, I'll play for nothing. I'll come. You know, like mm-hmm. I'll... I'll come be Spezza for minimum, Geo for minimum. That. George Armstrong played uh, 1,188 games with the Toronto Maple Leafs, won four cups. He was one of the ones that played for, only for the Leafs. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, I'm still looking back on yeah, no, people that won. Yeah, no, I'm sure why we're talking about that. that well, I'm just, oh, yeah. Now it makes sense. Thank you. Okay. Um, from the woes of Pittsburgh to the yays of the New York Islanders. The yay. Woo. Yeah, in the playoffs. Yes, yes. yes you knew yes. this all along, didn't you? Uh, yes, yes, yes. We're going to welcome in after the break Andrew Gross covering the Isles for Newsday.com. He's going to tell us how jacked they are in Long Island. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee back after these words. Breaking down the biggest trends in hockey. The Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Justin Bourne, pretty happy right now. So is everyone else in Long Island. Let's welcome in Andrew Gross. Hey, uh, Andrew, thanks for joining us. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me so much. Uh, all's good here. How are you guys? Doing? Yeah, so uh, everybody just still happy you made the, uh, the, the Isles made the playoffs, or is it now focused on who we playing? Oh, I'm sure that's the focus right now, whether it's going to be the Bruins or the Hurricanes and, you know, the Ajita over how tough a matchup either one of those will be. But, you know, last night was fun at UBS Arena because, in essence, it was the first, you know, the first real playoff game in, the, in that in that building's history. Uh, you know, it was an elimination game for the Islanders. And uh, it, it was fun to be there. The crowd was really good. They they chanted, they sang, they booed the power play when appropriate. Um, you know, everything you wanted to hit. 
And, uh, you know, I think there was just a giant sense of relief that this team, it took 82 games, but that this team is back in the playoffs after one season uh, absence. Andrew, is there any chance that they'll get healthier? Is Barzal going to play? Are they going to have uh, Romanov at all? Or is it just going to be that the team we saw last night is what they're going to go into playoffs with? No, I think there's a belief within the organization that one or both of those guys will play at some point in the postseason. They, uh, uh, Romanov just started skating again. Uh, what was, uh, what's today? Uh, well, when, today's Thursday. He was on the ice before the morning skate yesterday, and Lane Lambert said he had actually resumed skating on his own on Tuesday. Uh, Matthew Barzell has been skating on his own for about two and a half weeks now. Um, the next step, obviously, is getting them into a team practice. And I think once once they get into a team practice, it'll be pretty quick before they're back in the lineup. And, uh, you know, the team's on the ice tomorrow at 1030. We'll know who they're playing by then. And uh, we'll, we'll have a little bit clearer picture of both Romanov and, and Barzell tomorrow, I would think. We're talking to Andrew Gross, who covers the Isles for the Newsday.com, also hosts uh, Island Ice podcast. Uh, Andrew, when it comes to this roster, anyone that's playing the Islanders, is it just uh, only one guy can beat us, and that is uh, Shesterkin? Is that the feeling going in? Um, You know, I... <laughs> I I did. There's a there's a confidence in that room, and I don't know that they've you know specified who could beat them, who they could you know who might not beat them. They go in thinking that you know they probably have one of the two best goalies, perhaps in the Eastern Conference. I think Sorokin has had a a better season than his buddy uh, Igor Shosturkin, although they were both All Stars. Uh, obviously, Linus Olmark with the Bruins is, you know, the presumptive Vesna winner here. But I think Sorokin is going to get a lot of support for that award as well. So that they go in with that kind of confidence. Um, you know, it's a matter of, you know, I think the thing they're really afraid of is if they don't get this power play moving, then it could be a quick playoff run because you got to score on the power play in the playoffs and uh, before Anders Lee got a late one, uh, the insurance goal really wrapped it up at four two late in the third period yesterday. They had been on an O for 18 skid uh, on the power play. And really they've been dreadful on the power play ever since Matthew Barzell went out. So, you know, Barzell's return is, is critical for, uh, for their playoff health. Yeah, the Islanders, uh, only one team in the NHL was worse on the power play this season. God, if they could get that halfway ironed out, it would go a long way for them for sure. How <laughs> did their additions uh, work out at the deadline? Bo Horvat, Pierre Engvall, uh, for a team that you know needed some bodies down the stretch. How, do, how have those guys fit in? Yeah, I, well, they both fit in really well. Bo Horvat, of course, his scoring and his production – uh, dropped off considerably once Matthew Barzell went out. And I, I guess that's a double-edged sword because the one thing that was really impressive to me was how quickly uh, Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzell developed chemistry. And that has not been a given 
with the Islanders and with Matthew Barzell, he's proven very hard to to find complementary players with on his line, guys who can really get into his brain and understand what he's trying to do out there with his skating. And uh, Bo Horvat took to that really quickly. And, of course, uh, Barzell moved over to right wing to uh, accommodate Bo Horvat uh, centering that top line. Uh, but without without Barzell to kind of skate the puck around and to uh, facilitate Bo Horvath's really strong two-way play and getting in between the circles and deflecting some pucks and getting chances, uh, the production dipped for him. Uh, so that's one thing certainly to watch out for in the playoffs. And he's been a little bit snake that, yes, you know, for sure. You know, he keeps saying the chances are there. Yesterday, he doinked a uh, backhander off the right post. So, you know, you know, earlier in the season, that one goes in for sure for him. Um, the other guy, Pierre Ingvall, has proven to be a really sneaky good pickup uh, by Lou Lamarillo, uh, who, who knew him from uh, their Toronto days. And it, it took Pierre, uh, you know, maybe two, three, four games uh, to really get to his style of play and figure out what the Islanders were asking him to do. Uh, you know, certainly a much less explosive offensive attack than what you have in Toronto. So, uh, you know, Pierre Ingvall stopped kind of looking for those home run passes and just started, you know, getting in, into the Islanders' more, you know, methodical north-south attempted getting up by shorter passes but once once he figured that out his his speed really came to the forefront and uh you know for a big guy he skates really really well and uh you know i, I think that was one of the revelations because you, you you know you don't necessarily see him every day when he's with another team and, and he skated really well and his addition to brock nelson's line with kyle palmieri really cemented that trio. Kyle Palmieri had a heck of a end of the season. Brock Nelson got to 36 goals with two last night, and that's been their most dynamic line. And, and Pierre Engvall is, is a big reason why. Andrew, you mentioned Lou Lamorello. Uh, this time of year when you, you deal with uh, underachieving teams, uh, it's almost naturally to start questioning uh, – whether or not there might be some changes to organizations, i.e. coach, i.e. general manager. Um, when it comes to Lou Lamarillo and the Islanders today, uh, was he ever in, in a situation where making the playoffs uh, were real important to him uh, with, with the ownership group? Did you, did you, was there any true rumblings about Lou's future if, in fact, the Islanders would have missed the playoffs? Well, I mean, you, you've been around loose, so no, there there weren't many rumblings. And uh, the last time we talked to him, uh, uh, one of the other reporters did ask him, you know, the, something about, you know, the belief is that this is the last season of his contract. And Lou kind of jumped down that media person's throat saying, you guys, you know, you're all just speculating. You have no idea. You're guessing whether I'm in the last year, you know, that type of thing. He was on, in attack mode. But – that being said, you know, uh, it, it, the, the belief is, as the question was raised, that, you know, Lou is, might be coming to the end of that initial contract with the, uh, with the Islanders. And I do think that was, it was incredibly important to, to ownership to, to get back into the playoffs. If for no other reason, I mean, the revenue is nice. Uh, 
but you you have to start establishing UBS Arena as, as you know you, you got this brand new arena. You want to show it off in the playoffs. And uh, last season was such a you know just such a disjointed bad season that you knew the Islanders were out of it early. There was no chance of the playoffs. And you know now they can uh, they can start establishing some of that playoff atmosphere that that Nassau Coliseum was so well known for and you know making the playoffs is always important to the bottom line so yeah I, I think a playoff miss this season would have adversely you know impacted whether or not Lou Lamarillo is, is you know here for much longer or not and, uh, and that being said you know if Lou's not here and it's not his son, Chris Lamarillo, is the next boss of this team. Then you have to worry about, you know, wonder about Lane Lambert. You know, a new GM oftentimes wants to bring in his own guy, um, which might have been unfair to Lane because uh, I think Lane did a, a pretty good job of writing the ship in January uh, when it looked like this team was absolutely out of it um, and, and didn't have a chance of making the playoffs. And, uh so, yeah, no, I, I think last night was very important for Lou Lamarillo and for ownership and for Lane Lambert. And that being said, you know, if they get swept in four here in the first round, you're probably, you know, right back to what I said at the beginning of this long diatribe. Um, you know, going into this series here, whether it's Boston or Carolina makes a huge difference. If it is Carolina, if Florida manages to lose a hockey game tonight, do you feel like uh, the Islanders have a chance to, to make some noise here? I feel like a couple of unsung guys, Anders Lee, uh, you know, 30 goals this year and Brock Nelson's 36 goals and 75 points. Like they got some veteran big body guys. Do you feel like this could be a team built to have playoff success? Well, that that's certainly their belief that, you know, that they're, this, this is their time of the season. And then they, and they proved that, you know, in 2020 and 2021, getting to the NHL, Final Four, and look, in, in their minds, and, you know, I'm just being the reporter here, in their minds, they're still that same team with 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 that same potential, um, regardless of how much of a, you know, a tense, you know, nail-biter this season was. They they still believe they can play back to that level, um, if, if not better, um, because obviously their goal is the Stanley Cup, not just to lose in, in, in the third round, but... Look, I, I'm not going to overthink this. I, I think Boston is every bit as good as they showed in the regular season, and they are very, very much a prohibitive favorite to win the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, I like the Islanders' chances way better uh, against the Hurricanes. And, you know, without Svechnikov, and I'm not exactly sure, you know, where he stands and, you know, and, and the, the health of the Hurricanes, but uh, the, the Islanders – the Hurricanes obviously being a speed team, uh, one of their strengths being speed. They're not just based on that. But the Islanders, with, with these heavy guys that you mentioned, and, and you saw this more against the Devils this season, but they really could you know, physically wear down a team and kind of offset another team's speed advantage with their physical play, getting in on the forecheck and just wearing them down over the course of 60 minutes. And I certainly see that as a path to having a very competitive series against the Carolina Hurricanes, if that's the way it does wind up. It's going to be a lot of fun watching this thing play out. Uh, Andrew, so so thankful for your time, man. Thanks for making uh, room for us today. 
Oh, anytime, guys. And, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, this is the best time of the year. It's going to be a lot of fun hockey coming up, and I can't wait. Andrew Gross. Thanks so much, man. For Newsday.com and hosting Island Ice Podcast. Hey, uh, you, you've been in that building, eh? You know what? I haven't. Oh, you have not? No, you know what? I was good. Twice I was, I've been supposed to go. We had an ice storm one time. I haven't been yet. My okay. wife has been. It, it does It does come off on television like a really great atmosphere. Yeah. By all accounts, uh, you know, big league looking setup. But you know what? They really made an effort to replicate the acoustics of the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's one bowl, right? Yeah. Like, they they wanted that feel of the old Coliseum as yeah. in a newer setup. Yeah. That, there are some games in that old one with, like, God. Mayhem. 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 It's so loud. I can only imagine. Deafening. I can only imagine what it was like when your dad's teams were in there. Oh, just, God. like, yeah. teams going in there and, like, oh, crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we got to play this team and listen to these hooligans. Yeah. You know, Yep. Whoever they play, um, a- Andrew was right. They, they, you're gonna have some bumps and bruises here after this series against the Islanders, like yeah. you know Mayfield and Zizekas and Clutterbuck's back, Matt Martin, and, and they Matt just Martin. even like a lot of their old consistent guys, like I mentioned Nelson and Lee, and they're big yeah. and Parisi. They're in the right spots. Annoying. There, you got to go through Annoying them all the time and heavy. Yeah. Finish every jack. Yeah. Like, and under-talented. They have trouble sure. scoring. Their power play this year, 15.8%. That is dreadful. Only the Flyers are worse. So if they could operate. Well, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. They could be halfway decent. You would think that one of these guys, you know, with Nelson in front of the net, Barzal, they could put something together. Horvat, nope, nothing. Um, I think it's pretty clear to me. Because, like, you know, whenever the 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 brackets finally set and everybody's doing their picks for, for who's going to get through in the first round that no one ever cares about. But uh, Islanders are going to be a very sexy one if they play Carolina. A I lot, mean, Carolina I think there's a lot of reeling. Pe- the Isles are what they are. There's a lot of people that'll be, that'll be convincing themselves that the Islanders can sneak by. Sorokin versus uh, old Freddie Anderson? Or well, what? I mean, listen, <laughs> you don't need to ask my thoughts on Freddie <laughs> Anderson in the playoffs. But I... Uh, yeah, I really hope for their sake. Because then we can just get rid of um, Florida. Who cares about Florida? No, not me. I can tell you that. No, just get rid of them. Let them get out of there and then get like a, you know, uh, this is a big market thing. But like it, it does matter with laundry to me in terms of you're watching these series. Yeah. And you get, you know, Boston versus whoever. You want it to be the island. Like get Florida out of here. <laughs> get Carolina. <laughs> get the Devils in there. Rangers. Like I prefer the Some I prefer old the big classic yeah. squads. Yeah, better jerseys. Anyways. Yeah. Well, I got to think that you know the league's looking around, and I'm not sure how happy ESPN is that uh, there's no Pitt, Philly, Washington. Those are typically good. Oh, that's a good point. Sunday afternoon. Draws. Draws. Big time. They did pretty well by, you know, Boston, Toronto, New Jersey, New York, New York. But does Toronto sell in the States? Fair enough. I don't know. I'm asking. Like, no, I no, don't I don't really think know. it does. I, I don't know what that does for the ratings. Like the West. Is well, kind you lose a market anyways. The There's West is kind of. home market you cheer for in the States. Yeah. Market-wise, the West is a bit of a dog's breakfast. Yeah, it's not. Great. L.A. did sneak in. You get it, you get LA, but yeah, the 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 East has some has some quality cities in there, big cities, big so markets. Well, so will everything be set after tonight? 
or is there still stuff to play for to tomorrow? There's uh, tomorrow. one game tomorrow. The Colorado, Colorado Avalanche plays, yeah. will play Nashville. And right now, Colorado is a point behind uh, the Dallas Stars for first and central. So that could matter still. But otherwise, I believe every team in the league's in action tonight. Mm-hmm. And only one playoff series is set. <laughs> yeah, and it's been that way for a while. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, we got to talk Jonathan Taves because... Uh, Kyle Davison came out with a statement, which I'm not even sure. I don't know. I mean, I hated it. I hated the statement. Yeah. Just uh, talking about how you, you don't want him back. That's all I got out of the statement. Completely was, agree. It's such, yeah, a, it's such a weird thing. Hey, listen, um, you know, we had a difficult conversation. I'm paraphrasing, of course. We had a difficult conversation, and we told them we're not bringing him back. But... Come on out and cheer him on before yeah. we kick him to the curb. You do, know, you want, do you want me to read the statement? Yeah, please. Uh, here it is. I've had a number of conversations with Jonathan throughout the season about his future with the Blackhawks. And recently we had the difficult conversation that we won't be resigning him this offseason. Tonight will be his final game as a Blackhawk. And it was very important to us to be able to provide the proper send-off for Jonathan and our fans. He has done so much for this organization, and no matter where he plays next, we're excited our fans get the chance to show Jonathan exactly how much he means to them. There's no one-game send-off. There's no proper send-off. If if you put someone on a raft and push them into the ocean, yes, <laughs> like, your send-off. Like, a proper send-off a is if he turns around. Like if they somehow came to this conclusion together and presented it together. I'm not saying that the decision's wrong and that you should bring him back. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you couldn't come up with a better plan to end his career in Chicago other than it's difficult. And I, I we told them that we're not bringing him back. Like, I, to do it proper, he has to engage. He has to be part of it. Not this awkward thing where it's proper for you, but he feels like a, yeah, he feels awful because he knows it's, it's the last one. Can I, I don't know. Can I play devil's devil's advocate a little bit? Yeah, please. I don't, like, I agree that it's not, you don't need to say you're not re-signing him to me. Like, I, it's like, it makes it look like we're like, yeah, this guy stinks. He has long COVID. We don't want him around anymore. Like, it really feels, but at the same time, It is a huge thing for Blackhawks fans who didn't really get a proper send-off for the other legend that played for their team. Well, And, like, they they didn't know if he was going to get traded. They hummed and hawed. He got held out for trade-related reasons. They didn't know. He was crying about it in the media. This, at least they know, is a definitive chance for them to go buy a ticket, go down to the arena, standing ovation the whole night. Listen, you got to be an idiot not to know that it was most likely his last game. No, you're right. No, that's you're right. That's true. It's okay. like, yeah, guess what? He's on signing here. He's done. No, you're right. You're I don't, right. Anyone, I don't anyone think... going to the game would have known it's his last game. No, no, you're right. I don't think we can have this conversation properly if you don't acknowledge the elephant in the room that was the Kyle Beach scandal. And do the Blackhawks just want to wash their hands of everyone who came within 100 yards of that thing? Do they just want to not? No. You don't think it's related no. at all? No, I don't. I don't. No. 
It's a good I, question, I though, Borne. I think it's... Uh, the amount of stuff that's I, I, happened, you kind of... You know, don't they, they forget. They pinned it on Joel Quinville. They pinned it on Stan Bowman. Yeah. That's enough. You, I, didn't I have just to go, know, you didn't have to go and, and kick your two best players in franchise history to the curb. I just know it comes up in my timeline as a related sort of thing. You know, my Twitter timeline. Yeah. Um, this, is, this has been amateur hour at its finest, if you ask me about from Taves and Kane. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree that the worst conceivable way for this to go was to wait to the last game of the year and be like, oh, he's, oh, he's out of here, bye. You should do the right thing and cheer for him. And then just like, I don't know, either support the guy or you don't support the guy. Either. Well, this is, is so wishy-washy. Well, can you explain to me what is proper send-off tonight? Are they doing videos? You're bringing sure. out your, 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 your wife, your family? I actually family? don't know about that. What is proper? I'm fascinated to see now that we're talking right? about Vi- it. Are video, they going to do it proper? But, video tribute, but standing O's. All if, that stuff. If he retires, if he retires this summer, or he goes and plays for somewhere Penguins. else for a year, like Pittsburgh, they come back into the building, and then you do it a proper right. There's 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 time to do proper. You what, proper to me now is you're you're racing in to do something so you can wash your hands and then move on. Well, it's almost like when San Jose made Logan Couture the captain from Joe Thornton. They're like, we just want someone else. And then Minnesota buys out Parisi and, and Suter. And they're like, we just don't want the old leaders around anymore. We want a fresh start. You can't, yeah, but this is... Like, I think there's a bit of a difference. This is, two, this is your top sure. 100 in history. It's not Parisi. It's not it's Suter. Thornton, it's not, yeah, he's not even... No, I know. He doesn't have any cups, yeah. alone three. I know. Yeah. But I don't know. I just think it's like this guy deserves way better than just... Uh, if they're going to do anything with him tonight, it might be as awkward of, of a scenario for me than I've seen in a long time. Well, and worse, let's say they do it. Like, what an honor for Taves to be surrounded by, you right. know, Anders Bjork, Boris Kachuk, Austin Wagner, Ian <laughs> Mitchell, awesome Reese Johnson. Point. You know, like, ah, uh, not here one with all... guy, not one guy he had one meaningful game with in his entire life right. was there. Like Buddy Robinson, you, you, you Buddy, that's not a, Kaiser. Right? Okay, no, hold on. Those aren't real names. All of them are no, real. No, I don't believe Every those. Those last two, real. I don't believe. <laughs> Buddy Buddy Robinson. Robinson. He made a few up. Buddy Robinson and Wyatt Kaiser. That, sounds, that legitimately sounds like when you're in season 25 of a be a pro, and that, those are your line mates. <laughs> like, are, you, are you handing him a mic to address the fans tonight? That, to me, sounds proper. Yeah, man, I don't He's know. He's that good. Kipper, you've really talked me onto your side completely. It is weird. It's horrible it's weird uh, yeah like he doesn't seem to know his ability to play with this long covid and you can't tell me if they get connor bedard you wouldn't benefit from having jonathan taves there yeah, to play, pass the torch playing 13 minutes a night making hey, do the a old million crosby how torch pass pretending that you're thinking about all your options in the Going month the of june uh, yeah. in the month yeah. of june he becomes an he, be, he officially becomes Why a, do you even have to a free now? agent yeah. uh, July 1st. Why can't you even pretend like, hey, there's a lot of benefits if we bring him back. We're going to think about it. Or John decided gonna, he wants to go to Pittsburgh gonna, where he has a chance to win, and we didn't kick him out. We're going to talk to John. We're going to talk to his family, his uh, agent, yeah. and we're, we're going to do what's right for us and John together. Something like that. That's what the man deserves. 
Sure does. Well, yeah. I, I, I'll leave this though. Oh, yeah. All right, That's it. There. Uh, you, Kipper, did you want to talk about uh, uh, Austin Matthews leaving? Oh, my, my, my article yeah. today in the Toronto Star. I didn't. You got, you got, you got the internet fired up, bud. Got no. me a little fired up. Yeah, I read yeah, the, I read the headline. I was like, "You son of a!" I didn't. I don't write headlines, right? We, nobody <laughs> writes headlines. You write your headlines? No, sir. Yeah, exactly. So I was. What was the headline in in my article today? Uh, something. Austin Matthews is guaranteed leaving, according to Real Kipper. See, all, all you're doing right now is <laughs> pissing me off right now <laughs> because you've convinced probably a hundred people uh, listening to the show that's no, true. No, it says it's not. It says NHL I, playoffs could impact Austin Matthews' long-term future with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Do you believe that? to be true or false i believe that to be a true statement your honor thank you was it overall Fair. um was i uh what do they say clicking for uh, bait baiting for Click clicks bait. you're looking for <laughs> was, I, was, I, was that an article that i i was baiting for clicks or uh, was there the legitimacy was. to that headline was article very fair and very oh, well thought out, the, I thought. The, the article's totally fair. I think what you did in that article was lay out what's at stake for the Leafs in this postseason. And typically, we've said this about Connor McDavid for years. If the Oilers sucked and sucked and sucked, he was going to go play somewhere else eventually. And by the way, that was Sammy leading that conversation. Oh, yeah. McDavid, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, I mean, how about how he's guaranteed going to play for the Toronto yes. Maple Leafs? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. So, so, I, you know, to set the stage, like... like if, you know, Matthews, he can resign July 1st if the Leafs lose in the first round again. Does it affect his belief that this team can get over the hump? And would it affect his decision? It could. And I think that's all you said. It could. Yeah. And I also kind of mentioned the fact that what a first round loss would mean to Kyle Dubis. And would even would Kyle be even in a situation to negotiate that contract? And if he isn't, who is? And... Where's the vision? Where the change is coming up? It gets very complicated. Yeah. You know, I'll admit, when I saw the column, the headline, just like Sam, I was like, you know, the Leafs are three days away from a really exciting playoff run here with a great team, and it's very exciting. Why are we talking about Austin Matthews' contract when he has another? Like, what are we doing here? And then I read it, and it does set the table. It sets the table for the stakes here, which are huge, Huge implications, not just, you know, winning a round, winning a cup, whatever, but what comes after this if. Yeah. It's a what if. And the and, and it really is tied to the first round. We believe that even if, and, you know, maybe I'm buying into Sammy a little bit here, that the, the, there is pressure that is alleviated beating Tampa Bay, even if you lose to Boston. Sure. There is that wiggle room where it's like for, for two weeks you felt great, you, you got out of the first round. Maybe it's not good enough to You lost to one of the Boston. best regular season teams in franchise history Kyle, in NHL history Kyle if it's gets, Boston. Kyle gets uh, another contract. Uh, Matthew sees growth. Uh, you know my two cents on what Matthew is going to do next? He's going to sign a three- or four-year contract with the Leafs. And that will position him to make a crap ton of money in his career, right? Because he'll still yes. be... Amazing over those years. Yeah. He'll have the ability, the flexibility. It's NBA style. Yeah. And for the record, in my article, I did mention that I believe that uh, that this is the year that they're going to get by Tampa and that a short-term deal uh, would probably be best to, to hit that market that you're talking about. The part that's 
terrifies me about this. And I know, God, everyone calls me a doomer, but guess what? I'm a Leaf fan. I got scars, baby. I don't only, I've only seen the worst with this core. That the pressure, like reading that article, and I'm like, you know, the uncertainty with Dubis and the, the contracts that are due to two of their best players and Willie and obviously Austin Matthews ahead of them. Just the, all the pressure in the world. They're big favorites now against Tampa. And the Tampa Bay is a pedigree team with no pressure. There is exactly zero pressure on the Tampa Bay Lightning heading into this first-round series. Do you agree? You're looking at me like I'm wrong. Yeah, no, no. Uh, based, on, based on where the Leafs finished, based on Tampa's struggles, you're not wrong. And I think I, I, like they, the last time I looked, the Leafs were pretty heavy favorites in the first round here. And how could they not? I mean, the books, you're looking at it. Are they, like, I haven't seen yeah, a line, yeah. to be honest. It's, I think they were, like, plus 220. At, what? Yeah, yeah like, no. last time I looked at it, yeah. Look that's at it. mayhem. I, like, that's the Sorry, part that Tampa's scares me. Plus yes, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. That's the part that scares me, is that the, the wounded animal pedigree factor versus a team with all the pressure in the world with no certainty going forward. The other thing I wanted to kind of... Sorry, I don't want to be, I don't want to be negative, because no. I am excited. I think yeah. the Leafs do have a great chance to beat Tampa. The other, yeah. And the other thing, too, is, like, regardless of what happens here, you're, you're very close to July 1st where I think cards get shown July mm-hmm. 1st. And Matthew Kachuk changed the whole scope of UFA yeah. for stars. He changed everything last year. You don't think Tavares changed anything? No, Tavares was old old way. Old way? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Tell tell everybody that you love it here and then bye bye. Walk uh, back back the truck up at uh, midnight. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Goudreau did the same thing. And Matthew said, No, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you to your face that you can get assets for me right now, but don't make the mistake of having me walk out the door and get nothing. Mm-hmm. And if there's a hint of Austin wanting to leave. I think he has no choice but to go the Matthew Kachuk route. I will say I don't think any of that's happening. I, I agree. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, but, but it's it's Austin Matthews there is, is an opportunity for it to happen. Leaf, right? Of course, and anything can happen. But you know, he's been nothing but content being the you know face of the biggest franchise in the NHL, and um, you know, won a Hart Trophy here. They just need a little bit of success. I uh, I'm not overly concerned about that. You one. know what you just said, eh? If he leaves, I'm ripping him. Yeah. <laughs> let, let the record show. <laughs> what, what more do you want? He's just got to get a big one in one of these games. So yeah. I That's got this segment happen. in my article, too, where it's Kipper's Corner. Did you read one of them? I read it all. Uh, Kopitar. Kopitar's contract is not or is up. After next year, which yeah. would open up a... Yes, we know that. $10 million off the uh, LA Kings. Yeah, yeah. You know that? Oh, I knew that. That's been a conversation. We've talked about this before on this show about how LA is the biggest threat to the Austin Matthews Toronto Maple Leafs future to me. Ah. Yeah, but there's a sense that Kopitar will shut it down after next year, that he won't resign at all. Will he, like, he won't play anywhere? I may not. Like he might, it might be a, a scenario with like a, a Krejci situation where he just maybe goes home or. Huh. Oh, so so is this you trying to like? I'm just saying. Oh, this is pathetic. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just. There's <laughs> a nice little slot there. Yeah. In L.A. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some things. 
Yeah, definitely. Just keep a refreshing. Um, Am I trending yet? Am I trending yet? <laughs> did mention also that uh, at uh, and, and uh, Phil Bork, uh, we just had him in Pittsburgh. That uh, there are you talk to people in in Pittsburgh and Kyle Dubas's names brought up there as a possible replacement if Pitt yeah. makes major changes. Yeah, that would, that's a reality too, right? Sure. Yeah, if if Toronto loses and he is available, I imagine people will look at his track record here and go, oh, "It's better than what we've been doing." So big time. Yeah. Anyways, not uh, not shocked to hear Let's that. Let's live in the now, boys. Oh, here, here we are living in the now, and and Justin Bourne voted uh, his NHL award. So share some with us. Oh, sure. Can you? Are you gonna do that? Well, I don't. I, you know, I'm not. I'm not allowed to say. I don't think like who. I specifically voted for Elliot always has a column yeah, before can. it comes out and he, he has like, <laughs> here's a group of names that I had. Um, I love Kipper's like, sure you can, Bubba go for it. The one thing I'll say is there's a defenseman with a hundred points. I don't, you didn't vote for Carlson. Uh, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's gutsy. That's a little gutsy. Yeah. So who's, uh, I mean, second would be in points. Would that be Morrissey? Uh, I don't know who second is in Take a look at the scoring leaders on defense. On it. Yeah, I'm not sure how much I can actually say. All right. Exactly. Oh, are they going to revoke your card, your voting card? Yeah. It's a huge honor. exactly what they would do. It's a huge honor to have it. Oh, I didn't get to vote the one year. At least half the guys voting don't even watch West Coast games. We um, know that. Josh Morrissey is indeed in second place with 76 points. Quinn Hughes in third with 73 Miro Heiskanen, Brandon Montour, Dougie Hamilton, Rasmus Dallin, Adam Fox, Kale McCarr, Ooh, and Vince Dunn. So, hey, more, yeah, I know you voted for Morrissey because he's in the playoffs. No, that's you who votes like that. You're the uh, you're the the big playoff guy. I like the playoffs as part yeah. of it. Yeah, it depends. I mean, I hear that a lot for the Hart Trophy as being a, a relevant factor, but I don't. Do you think it's relevant for the other ones too, like Nor- Norris and stuff? I like it. Yeah, I think it's worth some. Some points for it. For I will sure. say it influenced my opinion of Hampus Lindholm that he was the the key, most the largest influencer of a great team in the NHL. Uh, I it influenced my opinion with Kale McCarr in Colorado, who was a injury riddled team all year and drove the play as much as anyone in the NHL. Adam Fox was on a great team for the New York Rangers. Lindholm had eight. Awesome year. Unbelievable season. And that's just... 50, 53 again, points. He's been in Anaheim. Like, come on. Who's watching him there? Well, not just who's watching. They suck. Yeah. You know, like... But the, you never, we never knew how good he was. That was an yeah. excellent trade. Excellent. Yeah. What did they get? What was the trade? Probably a couple of seconds, and I don't even remember. To it wasn't... Honest. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Oh, it was uh, a first and... I think one other pick. It was uh, traded with uh, Cody Curran to the Boston Bruins for John Moore, Vakanikanekanen, round one pick, uh, Nathan Goucher, and a round uh, two pick. Yeah, okay. Oh, three. So, no, that's a lot. They paid a lot. Two seconds, a first, and uh, a guy with a crazy name. And the ability to kind of not spend $9 million, like, Edmonton did yeah, on that's Darnell Nurse. Part of what you're buying, and you're getting right? a number one guy. Six and a half, I think, was the number. Yeah, which is unbelievable. A steal. Like he makes a million less than Morgan Riley. Yeah, 
No, oh, he's been a huge influence for for that Bruins team. When you look, you know, there's 63 wins. You need to, when you're voting for awards, say some of these guys had a monumental impact on the success of their teams. All right. Anything else? Big night in the NHL. Um, does Mitch Marner get to 100 points? Yes. Oh, yeah. In the first period? And, and if he What's does, the on the first does period? he play much in the rest of the game? I don't know, but I'm going to bet it for sure. Okay. First goal, Mitch Marner probably pays like 10 to 1. Our thanks to Adam Graves, Phil Bork, and Andrew Gross, who covers the Islanders. Enjoy the game tonight, Sammy. Give me a score. 5-1. Everyone stays healthy and nobody cares. Matthew Nye scores for his <laughs> NHL goal tonight. There it is. I'm, yes, I'm in on that. A nice goal and a 3-2 win. All right. Enjoy the game, everybody. We're back tomorrow to wrap up the week. Real Kipper and Bourne.